What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Board Dads special weekend release episode. That's right. Trying out something new. We're going to see how it goes. As always, I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me here is my best buddy, Mark, and together we are Two Board Dads. Mark, how's it going, buddy? You have a good week? Anything exciting happen to you or what? Hey, man, it's going great. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back here doing another episode, watching the XFL with you here. Um... No, nothing too crazy. I had a good week, but it wasn't anything. Wasn't anything crazy. Had a big trip to Sam's Club. Oh, on, Sam's on Club on Monday. Did, yeah. Did you, did you run into the uh, robotics members that were trying to solicit um, donations from you yeah. last time? They, they heard the show last week. They knew to stay away from me. <laughs> but uh, no, nothing. Nothing too crazy. Just another week with uh, with the baby. How about you? Uh, you know, I had. I feel like we did a lot this week. Um, you know, a lot went down. I know we have a lot to talk about. Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting on you know, on my end personally. But uh, we do have an exciting episode today, which I'm real excited about. Um, we'll be able to talk to our our buddy Lee from a really big mansion in Westchester. That is right. He will be on the show today. We've heard from him the uh, the first two weeks of the show. And today he's going to be on as a guest. We're going to talk a little baseball. Always exciting to be able to talk to Lee. Um, obviously, we're going to do our Mount Rushmore segments. We're going to have our favorite fast foods and uh, favorite Major League Baseball players. So I'm excited about that because I know uh, you and Lee are both big baseball guys, a lot bigger than me. Um, yeah, I, I love baseball, but it's for, for me personally, nobody knows baseball like, like Lee. So I'm really curious to hear what he has to say. I'm sure he's going to have some great input. Um, and then today's going to be a fun episode, you know, not talking about sports. We're going to talk about uh, what it's like to, to spend time, you know, living at home with a very pregnant wife. Uh, it's a dangerous, it's a slippery slope. It's dangerous. Uh, you, you know, you got a newborn at home. Uh, my wife is seven months pregnant. We got nine, nine weeks, nine weeks about, uh, you know, until she's due. Hopefully after this episode, our wives will, you know, still allow us to continue to do this podcast together. We'll behave. We'll be all right. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's going to be an exciting episode. I'm excited about it. We got a lot of good content, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think the first order of business, though, I want to talk about these two beautiful pints of beer that are sitting right in front of us. Okay. I'll tell a little story. Last night, I drove over 45 minutes to secure the last four pack of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Okay, so I drove 45 minutes to get this beer. Um, four pack, it's a pint, 6.7% alcohol. I think it cost me $13, something along those lines. Um, I'm excited to crack this thing open and, and to taste it with you. Uh, I think it's 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 not too prominent on the East Coast, so I was uh, you know excited to be able to get my hands on one, um, and I'm excited to to crack this open with you and and test it out on the podcast. You ready? I'm ready. Let's All do right, it. baby. Three, two, one. Oh, that's a beautiful sound. I'll give it a nice smell first. Smells a little hoppy. Here right. we go. Let's do it. Oh. Mm. Man. That's some good stuff. Wow. I like that. And I will tell you, hold on, I gotta take another step. Yeah, 
That's good. That's good. And I will tell you right now, and to those listening out there, I am a Miller Lite drinker. Okay? I do not like IPAs. I don't like the hops. I don't like all the flavors. You're not a craft beer guy. I'm you're, not a craft beer guy. You're Miller. And I'm Miller. I'm Michelob. Yeah. I'm Bud Light Orange, which I, you know, and, and when we do an episode of, uh, you know, favorite beers or whatever, Mount Rushmore, that'll be on there. But I am not a craft beer guy. And this beer this is, is good, absolutely man. delicious. And I'm not just saying that because it's from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, if there's someone's beer opinion, I'm going to trust. Yeah. It's Stone Cold. And Hell yeah. He nailed it. But I will not be smashing this can and then chugging this beer and pouring it all over my shirt. I will be sipping this <laughs> delicately and enjoying every last drop. This has got a little citrus to it. It's got a little kick on the back end. Do you like it? I like it a lot. Um, I, I've I've done some IPAs in in the past. Like I'm not I'm not strictly a, a Miller Lite, Mick Ultra kind of guy. Uh, um, but as far as IPAs go, this is probably the best one I've had. Mark, this it's a smooth. I, it's real smooth. Yeah, I mean this is smooth. Uh, it's delicious. I will definitely be purchasing more of this. I hope they uh, they come back in stock soon. We got a bunch of them. We were able to get lucky. We got about eight of them here. I don't think we're going to get through all eight. Ooh, I don't um, so. <laughs> I'll be walking home if that's the case, which I'll probably be doing anyway. But um, this is this beer is delicious. All right, so if you guys are listening, and no, we're not getting paid to do this, although I'm, I'll tag him in the post, and maybe he'll hear it. And if he wants us, to send us tickets to WrestleMania for plugging the beer, well, I'm good with it. I'm fine with that too. Or if he just wants to send us a couple free, you know, cases of of, of the Broken Skull IPA, this is delicious. It is. Anyway, okay. we're moving on, Mark. You know, we're sitting here enjoying this fine beer, but did you know that tomorrow I'm starting a lifestyle change? Uh, no. What do you What do you mean by that? What are you doing? <sighs> I've been mentally preparing myself for about three weeks now. So how do you mentally prepare yourself? Uh, I slowly, you know, wean off of uh, fast food. Okay. Uh, I slowly prepare myself to wake up earlier and, and hit the gym. I slowly prepare myself to make sure I get cardio in every day. Um, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I've been telling myself March 1st, I'm going to start working out, going to start getting in shape. I'm trying to lose about 50 pounds by August. I think I can do it. It's about 10 pounds per month. Um, worked it out to a little over two pounds a week, three pounds a week. And I, I'm carrying the weight, man. I, and I want to do it, and I'm excited about it. It's going to suck, but um, I guess... I got to drink all the Stone Cold IPAs <laughs> that I could drink tonight because after tomorrow, these, these will be on the naughty list. So, Is there any particular reason why, you know, this is coming coming around for you that you want to do this? Mark, you know, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it in this episode, but, I'm you know, I'm a family man now. I'm carrying a little bit of extra weight. Uh, I got a baby on the way in nine weeks. I'm out of shape. I want to get back in shape, not only for myself, but, you know, for... For the family, uh, we went grocery shopping today. I'm going to do a little uh, meal prepping tomorrow. Mm. The toughest part, and I think, and I think you could attest to this. Maybe not so much right now, you know, while you're in transition. But um, dude, when you're in work, you know, you're rushing around in the morning. You stop off. You get a friggin' sandwich from, you know, a breakfast sandwich from forever wherever it might be. 
uh, you're, you know, it's full of process, you know, processed foods, sodium, all this stuff. And you're rushing around and then you're like, Oh, what do I want for lunch? You know, you're ordering out for lunch every day. I think that's the toughest part. Just trying to, uh, be disciplined when it comes to eating at work and stuff like that. So I'm going to meal prep tomorrow, try and just plan out my, um, you know, my breakfast, my lunch, and, and just, you know, try and get in better shape. Like I said, not only for me, I want to be, I'm having a, I'm having a kid, you know, another kid. I want to be able to, to be around for a long time and enjoy that. So yeah, hopefully that, I can stick yeah, to it. You that's, know? that's the important thing. You really need to make sure that, I mean, every dad needs to make sure they're taking care of themselves so that, that they're around. But, um, you know, you finally get the opportunity to embrace the dad bod. And and now you're going <laughs> to yeah, stay away from now it. Gonna try and get, I'm going to try and get away from it. This, I don't even think this is a dad bod. This is... I'm, I'm out of shape, man, and you out know, I, shape, I, I, I played college football, and I was a, yeah. you know, I was quarterback, and you would never know by looking at me today. But um, I'll tell you what, though, over the next couple months, with a, with an extremely pregnant wife and a very hungry, cranky, dieting husband under the same roof, man, it should be an interesting combo. Uh, hopefully, we're able to. <laughs> To get through the next couple of months before the baby gets here. So Yeah, do what you can now because I'm telling you, as soon as that baby comes, you're not going to have a lot of time for for a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, the baby takes up most of my time. And I right now, and, and a big thing that I, you know, attest to being out of shape is I quit. I used to chew tobacco, man, and I quit chewing. And I, I put on weight after I got done chewing. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm done chewing, but that's good for me. But now I put on all this weight. So hopefully the baby can occupy my time and uh, I won't have to eat so much. But how about you, man? We're going to move on. And I know you just walked them, you know, welcomed a little man into your life not too long ago yep. with your wife. Dude, and we're going to talk about it and, and give our wives some, some well-deserved time on this podcast. Talk about them a little bit. How was the pregnancy? Did you ever get yelled at? You got any funny stories? Or, or, I'll, I'll or tell what? you what. I, I don't need a... My wife doesn't need a pregnancy to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that much. Amen, right man. So, Amen uh, to that. You know, there, there's, uh, you know, someone wears the pants and <laughs> it sure as hell isn't me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Um, but no, I mean, you know what's crazy is I tell her this all the time that she was such a... I don't know the best way to say this, but she was such a well-behaved pregnant person. <laughs> like, I almost feel like her behavior improved while she was pregnant. Mark, you know? <laughs> I'll give you your time, but I'm going to yeah. say that I feel the same way about my right? wife. And we were right? just we were just talking about it today. And uh, we went to lunch before we came here, man. And she was talking about, she says, I'm less cranky than I was before I got pregnant. So it's yeah. funny that you mentioned that. It's crazy. I, I tell her, I was like, I just expected so much more from you. I expected so many random, <laughs> irrational requests of like going out at 3 a.m. And, and getting a, a taco from Taco Bell. And like none of that stuff ever happened. No, so it's, and it's funny that you mentioned that too, because yeah. that's one thing they say, oh, well, you know, you get hit with all these cravings and stuff like that. Dude, I think I had more cravings during this pregnancy <laughs> than Laura, my wife, has had. Is there something you want to tell us on the air? <laughs> Dude, we're sitting in, we're sitting on we're sitting on the couch watching TV, and and I'm like, man, I could really go for some pickles dipped in chocolate sauce right now. And that's me. That ain't even her. And that was and, just a regular Tuesday. Yeah, that was a Tuesday. She looks over at me. And she's like, "You're a fat ass. Like you need a chance." And it's funny, man, because like I said, she hasn't had. 
uh, you know, any any real cravings. I think she was Nothing? she wanted ice cream the other yeah. night, man. It's easy go out and get yeah. that, but um, you know, she wanted McDonald's. We went out and got that, but she actually told my daughter she was like. Dad's had more cravings than I had, and she, it's true. Like I feel like I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm the pregnant one. So, I, I feel like I have an excuse though because, you know, they, I'm kind of living vicariously through her pregnancy. So, maybe she doesn't have cravings because I'm getting them all or something. I don't know. You know what? It's like we're as as the the father. You're clearly not going through what they're going through. No, like not even remotely close. But you're still you're still going through it with mm-hmm. them, and and you have to process what you're going through and. Maybe for some people it's cravings, yeah. and for some people it's, it's sure. some other other vices. I I agree, and I uh, like I said, everything's been so far so good. Um, you know, everybody's healthy so far. Um, you know, Laura's getting you know the baby's growing. I think the doctor said she's in like the 89th percentile, so I'm feeling like she's going to come out and she's going to be she's going to be big. But yeah. you know, time will tell, and as and as long as she's healthy, you know, that's all we ever ask for as parents and. And we're excited about it, but like I said, it's funny up to this point, man. It's been really good. It's been really good so far. So good. no real mood swings. I like I said, I had more. I, I think I had more cravings than her. <laughs> um, I do want, and you know, on two board dads, we're so interactive, man. We want you guys to to interact with us and to to send your stories in. And I put out, you know, all of our topics. A couple days before for you guys to email in. I just want to touch on a story that one of our listeners sent in. Um, Jordan from Table to Stage Podcast in, in East Hampton, Connecticut. He writes in, and this is a funny story, man. I read through this. It's a little bit gross, but oh, this okay. if, if this doesn't attest to pregnancy, childbirth, just the growing pains of being a parent. I don't know what will, man, but listen, this story is great. So Jordan sends in, he says, during my wife's second pregnancy with twins, she had hypersensitivity to smells and tastes, which I get. I've heard about that before. You know, whatever. Any cooking that Jordan did, he had to do, you know, with with the wife shut out in another room. He couldn't cut the grass with her at home. And then here's the worst part. This is where it gets real bad. Um... She started to, like, she would be gagging on her own saliva for some reason. The taste of her own saliva made her sick. So she carried around a spitter, which I'm used to. You know, I used to spit all the time, so I had spitters all over the house. Uh, long story short, <laughs> one day they're sitting in the living room watching a movie, and she's got the spitter on the table, and one of their kids comes running in and... Knocks over the spitter into Jordan's lap. The, oh, no. the sight of the sight of it made the wife throw up. Oh, Jordan's man. sitting here. He's got he's covered in spit and puke, and he's just sitting here and he's taking it like a champ because that's what dads do, man, and that's what you know the the, the men do. And he said, you know, even to this day, he laughs about how absurd it is, but it still makes him laugh. And I. You know, Jordan, thanks for sending that story in. As disgusting as it was. God bless you. Yeah, but like I said, (laughs) God bless you. And it's it's an incredibly disgusting story. (laughs) I haven't had to deal with anything on that level, but God bless you, my friend, man. Uh, We're moving on here. Mark, talk uh, talk about when it became real for you. Like, when was your, like... 
oh wow moment during that pregnancy that you were like, wow, this kid's coming and, and it's mine. And uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, I wouldn't even say so much during the pregnancy, but just because I don't know, like it's, it, it's, it's real the whole time. But for me, it was in the delivery room and, okay. and really it was like towards the end. So, you know, you're, you're, uh, responsible for, you know, holding legs and, and things like that. And then, uh, you know, you do it for a minute at a time and then you have a couple minutes break. So like I'm sitting there, I'm checking my fantasy team, <laughs> you know, like, like during the breaks. Did you um, have music or anything? And so we were... did. Okay. So, so one of the things that they suggested was that we put together some playlists. So I still have that, uh, we still have that playlist. We still listen to it, you know, when it's, it's bath time or, or things like that for the baby. But for me, I just remember, um, the, do- the delivery doctor got a like a page or a phone call and they they took it because we were in the middle of of, um, of of pushes and they told the person all right I'm gonna be there in you know I'll be there in about 15 minutes and at that moment I was like holy crap he's gonna be here in 15 minutes like I'm a father yeah and I just remember that moment I was just like overcome with with just like everything and that that's when it really really hit me besides obviously the first time you, you hold your child sure and i think that did you get in any did you get in any trouble in the delivery room over the uh the playlist or no or uh okay? yeah i did i did <laughs> so, so wait you couldn't even get the playlist right is, so, is what you're saying so the playlist was pretty good um the the issue was so i put a lot of her stuff on it there that she requested we had a lot of classic rock and we had some of the beatles and and uh, she wanted like some of the Eagles and Billy Joel. But what I would do is I snuck in a couple uh, Game of Thrones songs. <laughs> wait. Yeah. Wait, so wait, like wait. the theme song and like some of the orchestra songs that they did. Mark. Um, I snuck them in. Mark. Yeah. A woman is laying on her back <laughs> with a large child. Yeah. About to come out of her body. Yep. What makes you think she wants to listen to the freaking theme song from A Game of Thrones? Well, I think we both needed it. <laughs> I do remember. I remember the second it came on during the delivery, and I was like, oh, crap. So I, I just hit the next button real yeah, quick. Yeah. Real quick, I hit the next Did button. Did she give you the death stare? Like, was no. that the theme song from Game of Thrones, you dumbass? I don't think she heard it, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, nope, nope, not the time. Oh, my God. Not the time for this. That's funny, man. Yeah. That's kind of like me, like... Right now we're in, um, you know, we're in the stages where I was just able to, you know, I've been feeling my daughter kick. Yeah, I've been feeling her kick a lot, which is pretty cool. It's crazy. Right? That's about, you know, the closest, you know, that I can come to to realizing that it's real. Obviously, we, we know it's real, but it'll be different in the delivery room. Um, Are you, you guys at the stage where like you can see the baby like kicking and punching just like on the surface. Like you can So just Laura, Laura swears she can see like her stomach move and stuff. Yeah. I can't see that, but she did say that, you know, in her first pregnancy, once the baby gets to a certain point, you can see it kind of kicking through the stomach and stuff like that. Again, I have a 12 year old daughter. I didn't come into her life until about she was seven years old. So I wasn't around for, um, that beginning stage. So I wasn't able to experience that. So this is all new to me. Um, but yeah, we haven't, I haven't been able to see that yet. And it's kind of, it's sometimes it's annoying. Like Laura is like, Oh, the baby's moving a lot. And I'm like, put my hand on her belly and, 
and she feels it, but I can't. I still can't feel it. That, so. That's what happened to me. So whenever the, she would say, "Oh, the baby's kicking," I would I would go to feel it, and he would immediately stop. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it, it'll happen, and, and you'll start seeing like on the surface, you'll you'll see you'll see them moving, and 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 uh, it's 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 freaky. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Though. I'm it's excited cool. for it. Like I said, we got about ten more weeks. Um, for some reason, I think she's gonna go a couple of weeks early. I think we 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 kind of both agree on that. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, due date's May 6th. What makes you say? Uh, just cause It's her yeah. second birth. The, yeah. You know, she's, I don't know, she's growing at such a good pace. I, I just, I don't know, I just, I have a feeling, man. Okay. Cause, and, and, of course, Kaylee has, my, Kaylee's my other daughter. Um, Kaylee's got something going on uh, April 20, 28th. She's, like, the lead in the school play. And we just feel like that Laura's going to go on April That'll 28th be because... Uh, she's the lead on a school play and we're going to have to be at the hospital missing it. I told Kay, I said, you know, we're, you know, we're going to have to miss it if mommy goes into labor. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to record it. Cause yeah. I don't know what school play only has one showing, but that's another conversation for another oh, day, I guess. Um, let me ask you something here, moving on and, and staying on the topic of, you know, the pregnant wives and stuff like that. Did you, Go to all of the. Um, did you go to all of the doctor's appointments and stuff like that, or did you go to some? Or yeah. what was that like for you? I went to all of them. That was something I really wanted to do, and there were a handful of times where my wife was like, "You don't really need to go to this," um, but I, I still wanted to be there. And at the same time, it got me out of work for like an <laughs> hour and a half. Yeah, so we're, we're not going to say <laughs> that one, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was just something I wanted to, I wanted to know everything that was going. And I mean, you know, a lot of them are like five minutes and then you're in and you're out. But I, I just wanted to be there and, um, no, it, it was, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, me too. And that's, I've been to every one so far. Um, uh, I've been, like I said, I've gone to every one, whether it's, it's little or it's small, uh, or whether it's, whether it's a small one or a big one, I, I kind of want to go and. Like I said, this is my first biological, you know, kid. So I want to kind of experience everything and soak it all in. And like I said, I'm sure our wives, you know, appreciate us being there and being supportive, no matter how uh, minuscule the, 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 you know, the appointment might seem. I'm sure they appreciate it. And that's why we're doing it, because we're supportive and, and we're, you know, we're excited about it, too. Um, did you guys take any classes or anything or, I mean... Laura's done this before, so like I'm just following her lead. But um, what about you? Did you take take any classes yeah, or we no? Yeah, we did. We did three classes. One, uh, I want to say one was uh, like baby basics or something like that. So like we did the whole like diaper thing, and we did uh, you know just like random things you're supposed to know. Obviously, putting a diaper on a a doll is a hell of a lot different than putting it on uh, a baby that's peeing on you and kicking his legs um but at the same time um we did another one where i think the last one we did was uh breastfeeding (laughs) so that one i think like 10 minutes in i just completely checked out it was just like i know i'm never gonna need this or i'm not gonna do anything with this and it was just it was it was really boring. <laughs> it was really boring. So like we had done two classes before that. That was the last one. And similar to my my high school and college career, t- towards the end, I was just mentally checked out. 
And that's why, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that we don't have to go to the classes. Laura's kind of, you know, kind of teach me everything. Uh, I still have to learn how to change a diaper. I'm a little scared because, uh, you know, I'm not good with that. And I guess everybody could say that they are, but at, at one point, you know, you got to man up and face the music and, and change a friggin' dirty diaper and, and wipe your kid's butt at your kid. It's, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, you learn different tricks because a lot of the times too, like, oh, well, I didn't do this one tight enough because it's all up their back and it's, it's all over the <laughs> clip. So you, you learn, you, you learn. I little, still shit up my back. I don't know about you, but like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that I, happens when you're a child. <laughs> I do not do that. <laughs> but but you learn. For, for me, when I put on a diaper, I usually end up putting it on twice. I do. I do. I I put it on once, and then I do an adjustment to make sure that it's really on good. Anyway, we're gonna move forward. We're gonna move forward here. This this episode kind of, you know, taking a little dark turn here in the last Bro- couple of seconds, but skull but the it's it's it really is it's these broken skull IPAs, uh, they'll do something special to you. We're, we're we're changing gears. Love our wives, you know. Mark's a newborn father. Uh, I got one coming. Like I also have a twelve year old, so I'm going to be living with an infant and a teenager at the same time, which is going to be a, a great experience, you know, in our household for me and my wife, uh, but that'll be a fun time. I'll let you guys know how it goes, and if we're still doing this podcast, I'm sure it'll make for a couple great episodes. Um, anyway, moving on. Mark, random sidebar, and it has nothing to do with, with anything that we were supposed to be talking about today, but dude, okay. I watched uh, I watched a Tom Hanks movie the other night with the family, uh, about when he, the one where he's Mr. Rogers. Did you hear about oh, it or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called like A Beautiful Day in a Neighborhood yeah, or something like that. Dude, I... I didn't love it. I yeah. I love Tom Hanks, but I think this movie kind of struck out for me. Uh, it came off, I don't know, it came off a little weird and, and creepy to me. Uh, I don't think it was, I don't want to say it was a bad acting job by Tom Hanks because I think. That's not possible. Yeah, I think, Tom, well, it depends on who you ask because that's a highly debated topic on, on how good of an actor he actually yeah. is. Yeah, I've heard people d- debate it before. I am on the you know the the end where he's, he's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, his acting was good. Just didn't necessarily like the the story. I was really looking forward to to the movie. I it, I don't know. It just wasn't what I expected. And uh, we actually had to finish it over two days because we fell asleep the first night. So <laughs> I can if that it. if that makes sense, I, can I mean, it. Tom Hanks has a weird way of soothing you to bed. You know, to sleep. So, uh, there you go. his voice is, yeah, so, yeah, not to bed, but <laughs> soothing you to sleep. Um, his voice is calming. I, I just didn't love it, man. What about you? Have you seen anything that you, you no. know, recently that you loved or? No, so we're not really big movie people. I want to see the new Impractical Jokers movie mm. uh, sometime soon. Um, but for us, go, kind of going back to the Mr. Rogers thing is we. Wanted to see it. It's on our list. Mm-hmm. But before we were going to watch that, there was some kind of Mr. Rogers documentary. I want to say like on HBO or Netflix or one of the two. And we started watching that. And we probably got about 25 minutes in out of like an hour and a half documentary. And we turned it off and said, this is really boring. I think that um, Laura and I actually watched a Mr. Rogers documentary, oddly enough, uh, in the room on our honeymoon one of the nights and we were talking about it because there was no there was no tv we went to uh 
Los Cabos. So there was no like English television. So we either watched Storage Wars or uh, this uh, this Mister Rogers uh, documentary, and I, it's probably the same one that you watched. But probably we yeah. watched it one night. So yeah, we yeah. just yeah, it wasn't wasn't uh, didn't really didn't really entertain us too much. But sure, uh, we're big TV people, not so much movies. But we also do want to watch uh, Marriage Story on Netflix. Watched it. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, Laura and I watched it. Um, I'm I'm a big Adam Driver fan. Me too. And yeah. uh, and ScarJo is like my celebrity. Cr- I really love Scar her. ScarJo, is that what you call her, ScarJo? Well, isn't that her name, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so ScarJo. <laughs> uh, I love her, but I think the movie Laura and I watched it. It kind of struck out for us, man. Both of us, and you we didn't were like it. We were surprised. The acting was great. Don't get me wrong. Driver and uh, and Johansson did a good job. Um, I just couldn't believe that it was up for like as many Oscars as it was yeah. up for. It was good. Uh, it wasn't great. Didn't love it. Yeah, didn't love it. Um, the one movie that we saw recently that I loved, and it doesn't, it's probably not as known as it should be, was the one with Shia LaBeouf and um, Zach, I think his name is Zach uh, Gattiskin. And I'm probably mispronouncing that, but uh, he has actually has Down syndrome. And the movie was called The Peanut Butter Falcon. And dude, it was just a really great uh, feel-good movie. Uh, I think it was an indie movie, so it wasn't too popular. But we found it on demand. And it was kind of cool to see uh, you know, Shia bring him on stage uh, during the Oscars. And they were able to present a, an award together. Um, and you know, make memory that he'll, he'll probably remember for the rest of his life. But I thought that was a good movie, and that was probably the best movie I've seen um, recently uh, uh, since probably Green Book. I think Green Book was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And The Irishman was good, but a little too long for me. Was that um, kind of like a Goodfellas? Um, I couldn't tell you. I don't think I've ever seen Goodfellas. Huh. Um, but The Irishman was good. Anytime you get that that. Uh, cast of actors together, you you know you're asking for a for a great time, and that's what it was. So I don't know. I just wanted to talk about the a couple movies, you know, but uh, it was kind of way off topic, out of out of left field. But Mark, I got to be honest with you, this beer um, that we're drinking here, it's a make it's making me incredibly hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got I could one go more for day, right? <laughs> I could go for a really nice juicy burger right now. Um, dude, have you have you have you been going out to dinner since you've been home at, or, or during the day? Or are you guys keeping it uh, keeping it low key or what? Anything that you guys? We went to Buffalo Wild Wings last night, and yeah, I used to love that place, but it's crap. It's it's, it's the, crap now. The, the food's not that great. No, and the beer specials don't exist. No, they don't exist. Yeah, I saw a commercial the other day. It said uh, new and improved boneless wings. They're still crap. We went last night, and I guess, you know, unfortunately, I think I made my last visit to, to Buffalo Wild Wings, but what about you, man? Have you, have you you know, had anything delicious lately or what? Um, yeah, so fortunately enough for us, we, we, uh, we get some nice gift cards around the holiday season, and our favorite place is, you ever been to Vic and Anthony's in Atlantic no, City? no. Every time it's in the Golden Nugget. Every time I go there, it is the absolute best meal I ever have. Really, the the steak is phenomenal, and and the, the sides, and it's just 
it's fantastic. So we went there probably like three weeks ago, maybe. Um, so always love eating down in Atlantic City. Um, What's the place called? Vic and Anthony's? Vic and Anthony's. It's in the Golden Nugget. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's I'll have really, to check it out. Really, Talk really about good. a good steak, and, and you'll find this ironic, man. But we went out to uh, Texas Roadhouse for the night before Valentine's Day, because we don't do Valentine's Day. So we went out the night before Valentine's Day, uh, me, my wife, and my daughter. Dude, I got a porterhouse there that was out of this world, man, and it was so delicious. And I couldn't believe that we were at Texas Roadhouse because it's a chain, and you feel like oh, these chain restaurants—they don't have good steaks. Like, like Outback, I don't like Outback at all. Yeah. Uh, but this steak was so delicious, and and it was probably the best thing I've had in a, in a really long time. So, dude, we love we love Roadhouse, but you try to go there anytime, like during dinner, like it's a wait. Yeah, it's crazy. We, I think we waited. I think we went at like 5.30 the night before uh, Valentine's Day. And we probably waited about 15 minutes, and so it wasn't too bad. That's but not bad. Not I think, you know, bad. talking about all this food and, uh, you know, knowing what our first Mount Rushmore segment is, uh, I think it would be a, a good time to bring in our buddy Lee. What do you think? Oh, I can't wait to talk to Lee. I think can't, anytime can't we get a chance, anytime, anytime we get a chance to talk to Lee from a big old mansion in Westchester, um, you know, it's a good day. He's going to have a lot of insight for us. I'm sure it'll be a fun conversation. Um, let's get him on. I think I think he's ready to go now. Um, hey, Lee, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thanks for being on. Yo, Andy. Yo, Mark. How's it going? Can't believe uh, I'm finally on this unbelievable show. Lee Bomb. Well, you know, I, we appreciate you putting us over like that. So, uh, you know, we're talking about baseball today. And who other to bring on than than Lee Baum, who knows more baseball than probably anybody that I've ever met in my life. Uh, for you guys listening out there, everybody has a friend who knows every stat uh, to every sport. And and this is Lee when it comes to baseball. Lee is one of those guys that could, could reel you off uh, any stat from any year. It's pretty remarkable. But Lee, before we get into our baseball talk, me and Mark were just talking about some really good eats that we've been, you know, that we've been uh, having lately. Okay. Have, have you been doing anything, you know, have you eaten out anywhere that's, that's been really good or have you been getting any, any new foods or what? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I, I live on the other side of the river now. So, uh, you know, most of the really time, big mansion in Westchester, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah huge. It's pretty yeah. Big. It's pretty yeah, big. Yeah. 2000 2, square feet. That's a mansion. Definitely. It's, that's just your bedroom. That's my study. No. Um, the uh, yeah. So you know, most of the time when I go out to eat, it's it's right around here where I live in Westchester. And my favorite restaurant that I I go to maybe maybe a couple times a year um, is a place called Voodoo in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a Cajun New Orleans style restaurant, nice. and you walk it and you walk in and. They have Mardi Gras mask on the wall. It really feels like you walked into a place in New Orleans. Have you ever um, been to New Orleans or no? I have not, okay, but I can just imagine that's. I just. No, I just imagine that's. Oh yeah, definitely imagine, authentic New Orleans when you've never been there. But no, I imagine that's what New Orleans looks like. At, I'm sure. At Mardi Gras. So um, what do you what do you but, get there, man? So they they their chefs actually from New Orleans. Their head chef, so he's like the real deal. Um, right. Everything is awesome. I, I usually get um, either uh, the gumbo or a jambalaya, and it's uh, anything that has shrimp in it is just unbelievable. 
and all their food's spicy. I mean, it's, it's definitely spicy. So you need to be a fan of that. But, um, but yeah, voodoo, um, it's called voodoo high street cafe. Well, so it's right, Lee, it's right in the center of town, right, right near the university. Awesome place. Sounds like you're giving a glowing recommendation. Maybe we can squeeze oh, yeah. a couple bucks out of them for a, a sponsorship or something. What do you think? It's very possible. I can ask. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to switch gears here. And while we're talking about food, Lee, uh, we're going to dive right into our, our first Mount Rushmore segment and that's fast okay. food joints. All right, we're putting aside the finer foods in life, so voodoo has got to go away. All right, Chop House has got to go away. Uh, Texas Steak or Texas Roadhouse, if you consider that fine dining, all that stuff goes away. We're digging into the greasy. We're digging into the process. We're digging into the fatty and artery okay. boggers. That's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, this can include something you know other than your typical fast food and burgers. Somewhere you go. You order your food, your stuff comes out quick, you eat, and then you get the hell out of there. As always, we're going to go to our fans who wrote in first. Okay, so our first fan who wrote in was uh, Jordan from Table to Stage Podcast in East Hampton, Connecticut. Jordan writes in his top four picks. Jersey Mike's number one, which I think is a great – That's a great hoagie spot. It's a great sub place. And I get the number eight, the club sub, with Mike's Way with a little of that cherry pepper relish. I could eat that probably, and I think I do eat it once a week, and it's delicious. So uh, okay. five guys, which is, you know, you can't go wrong with five guys. And the way they load up those fries, um, you know, that I feel like that every every place should do it like that. Right, Mark? I don't go to five guys because they use peanut oil. Can't do it. <laughs> Mark, Mark's allergic to peanuts. <laughs> I got but a peanut allergy. Chick-fil-A I thought, you, also, love, I thought Chick- you love peanuts, Mark. Chick-fil-A also uses peanut oil, so I, I, I find – I really find uh, some loopholes in your in your game here, but we'll see. Uh, we're moving on. Jordan, his number three pick is Checkers, uh, which is a good pick. Wow. I don't know if I put it on, you know, the Mount Rushmore in in my opinion. Um, and then Wendy's, and you can't go wrong with Wendy's. Wendy's has got a great everything at Wendy's is good. Everything at Wendy's yeah. is good. You got a great burger there, great chicken sandwiches at Wendy's. So Jordan. Um, Again, from Table to Stage podcast in East Hampton, Connecticut. That's a solid list. Tim from Phoenix writes in, Fat Burger, which I've never heard of. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm fat and I like burgers. <laughs> Whataburger, which I have heard of, but we don't have out here. Okay. So this guy likes his burgers. Chick-fil-A and Rallies. And Rallies, I believe, is checkers, correct? Uh, rallies here is check. I think it's checkers slash rallies. I think yeah. it, I'm actually I'm 99% positive that rallies is checkers. So uh, that's two out of towners that have put checkers on the list. So maybe we're missing something. I, I haven't been there in a long time, but I remember them having amazing fries. No, the fries are delicious. The fries they, actually, they actually sell the fries like in grocery stores. Okay. Yeah, you can you can buy them and then cook them up yourself. I don't know if they're close to the same thing or not, but. Um, Terry from Gatlinburg writes in for the second week in a row. And, Mark, I know you can attest to this. I think Terry uh, is more in our parents' age range. Actually, Terry is my parent. Um, So she writes in, and and you can attest to this too. Number one is Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. My my mom loves Jack in the Box. So, So, yeah, tell the story. Tell the story about Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So – 
kind of going along the lines of like if if me or really more my brother because he's more the traveler but um anytime so jack in the box is not in our northeast corridor you can't find him up here no so i think the closest one is maybe virginia or one of the carolinas but whenever we go somewhere if there's a jack in the box we always pick up a handful of tacos and we bring him back for my mom. So we went to Vegas that first time. Yeah, we went to Vegas together. Me, you, my – she was my girlfriend at the time, now yep. my wife. Yep. And uh, your wife. She was – yeah, I think my – You were a fiancé at the yeah. time. Um, yeah, so I <laughs> so went to the airport brought, and yeah, I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. had six tacos in my so, luggage. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember going to the, the Jack in the Box in Vegas. And we went in uh, – I went in with my wife and we sat down and we ate and we were like – I don't, oh, I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it. Right? Okay. I don't get it. I don't like it. And yeah. I, I remember being in a really shady part of Vegas. Yeah. And we were like, okay, uh, well, let's get out of here. So we, we tried it, it and, uh, yeah. and we've done it. So. But my mom's the same way. Absolutely loves Jack in the Box. Yeah. So, so, Mark, do they have – I never had Jack in the Box. Do they have um, tacos and burgers, like everything? So that's, yeah, so that's what's interesting is I think it's more of a burger shop. But my mom loves the tacos. Was, I, I don't think it was a burger shop – Originally, when no. they were kids, I think it was these yeah. tacos that my mom always described them as greasy. Yeah, they were greasy like kind of like tacos a, yeah. that had like a piece of like American cheese on it. Um, but yeah, 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 and that's what she then that's what she likes, and my mom loves it, and clearly your mom loves it because she made us, or, you know, you guys bring it home for her every trip you go on. Yeah, me and my um, brother joke like we just we don't get it, but. Hey, we'll bring sure. him home and yeah, make sure. him happy. So. so her second one, is, and this is down south, and I don't know if it's anywhere else, but Zaxby's Chicken. I haven't had it yet, but um, she loves Zaxby's, man. They got they got great chicken down there, uh, and they live in Tennessee, so uh, they got a little bit different. Uh, you know, classic McDonald's is her number three. Um, you can't go bad with McDonald's. Yeah, And pizza from anywhere because – I could speak from experience, and Mark, you've been down there too. Tennessee does not have any pizza anywhere. Yeah, now come to so, think of it, yeah. there really wasn't any kind of pizza. No, because as you get further south, the water quality gets a little bit worse, it's, and that pizza is all about the dough, man, and all about the sauce, and, and it's just not good down there. So, you know, every time they come up north, they got to hit a pizza spot just to get a taste of, taste of home. So. Um, we're going to move on here. Lee, you know, again, thanks for joining us. The way we do our, um, our Mount Rushmore's here is we each go one by one. So you'll go first, Mark will go, and then I'll go. Uh, Lee, Mount Rushmore, favorite fast food, your first number one. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, thanks, Andy. So, yeah, this was interesting because there's a zillion fast food places. Um, but I would have to say my favorite fast food place is kind of a wild card. Um, it would be Primo Hoagies. Okay. So Primo's, not a wild card by any means, because I think me and Mark both have so, it. So Primo, I mean, I know it's a chain. It's, it's always hard to get really good quality Hoagies from a chain, but somehow they pull it off. Um, you know, their, roll, their, their rolls are awesome. Their lunch meat's awesome, and you can get almost you can get hot and cold sandwiches too. So I just I think, think that's why, and that's why they're able to pull it off because they use the same ingredients. You know, it's all thumin, yeah. it's all the same recipe, even though it is franchised out. So not a wild card lead, really good pick. What's your or uh, Mark? What's your number one? 
my number one is I love Arby's. I'm all about the Arby's. Um, the beef and cheddar. Yes. I think it's a, it's a large number four. Love the beef and cheddar. The curly fries. They got really great mozzarella sticks, really super duper fried. Um, but for, for me, anybody that knows me back in, in my days working in minor league baseball, if it was my birthday, we were on Arby's. And, and that's just uh, – That's actually yeah. funny that you say that because I think uh, my wife was taking my daughter out to like soccer game or something and they didn't have time to stop and they actually stopped at Arby's and got the mozzarella sticks and they told me how disgusting they thought they were. I thought they were – they're so fried. I love the mozzarella sticks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I get the beef and cheddar, man. I mean, you can't I get like – the they got, I think they have the monopoly on, on beef and cheddar, but yeah. – um, so I'll go here with my with my first pick. I went a little bit different, though, guys. I kind of didn't go places in particular. I went specific items from each of those places. So I did cheat a little bit, but guess what? I make the script. Uh, I'm allowed to do that. I think we – and I'm going to throw everybody for a little bit of curveball here. So my number one here on the Mount Rushmore is a double Whopper with cheese from Burger King. I think it's the best – fast food sandwich that is out there right now. The tomatoes are great. The onions are great. Everything's got to be on it. And Burger King has got a really good solid burger, man. So not just, not the Whopper, the double Whopper. Not the Whopper, the double Whopper. Have you had I, the Impossible Whopper? I haven't. I would try it Yeah. on a blind taste test. Maybe I wouldn't spend money on it, but have you had it? I have not, but I've been intrigued. Maybe, uh, Maybe, maybe we bring that to the show. Maybe we do bring that to the show. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I definitely want to try that too. I just, yeah, it, it looks like it would be good. I, I, you see like taste tests on on, uh, on TV where people don't even, can't even tell the difference. So Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't well know. Try. Like you said, are they paid actors or not? But who knows, you know? If there's anything yeah. I trust, it's a Burger King commercial. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, Lee, <laughs> you're number two. Go ahead. Let's speed this up a little bit. All right. So my favorite fast food my second favorite fast food restaurant, which was probably my favorite as a kid, is Good Old Wendy's. Um, yeah. And my favorite, can't go wrong. Like, to me, Wendy's is the place where everything you get is good. Like, their fries are solid. The Frosties are, who doesn't like a Frosty, right? Sure. Um, but I, they have definitely by far my favorite fast food burger. And that's their bacon double cheeseburger. I think uh, they have the best burger. That's just uh, yeah. That's my deli- that 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 bacon double is deliciously. It's good, man. Mark, how yep. about you, man? What's your second? Yeah, just kind of agreeing with what Lee said before. I'm going with uh, Primos. My oh. two. It's a chicken Diablo. Get get a little uh, chicken cutlet, mm-hmm. a, little, a little spicy cheese in there. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Primos. Yeah, you can't go again. You can't go wrong with Primos. Uh, great sub strictly for the Northeast though. I don't believe they're anywhere else. So anybody else who's listening is, is kind of missing out. Um, but not for nothing, you know, you come to the Northeast and that's what you expect, man. You get good bread, you get good solid lunch meats. Uh, not, you can't get it a lot of places, man. I, I go down to my parents in Tennessee and try and get, you know, just rolls to, to have hot dogs or something on. And it's just, it's just different. The bread is different here. And in the Northeast, and and it makes the sandwiches that much better. Um, my second pick, again, I, I, I strayed from the norm here. I'm going items, okay? I'm going double cheeseburger from McDonald's simply because it's simple, it's cheap, 
and it's delicious. And I take three double cheeseburgers to the gullet, and I'm good to go. <laughs> All right, so so we got a double whopper and a double cheeseburger. Yes, right. double cheeseburger for two dollars. You can't go wrong. Lee, what's your third pick? All right, third is another typical place, McDonald's. I'm going to go okay. McDonald's number three, and my single favorite item from McDonald's is is their fries. I just think they have by far the best fast food fries. Um, and I usually pair that with their good old famous, uh, regular cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, those those little tiny chopped up onions. Oh my are, God. Are like Lee, t- if, right. And, to I know you talk, and I know you listened to the episode last week. We talked about this, uh, the cheeseburger with the, the tiny diced onions. That yep. was part of my childhood growing up. And, yep. you know, I was talking to Laura, my wife about this podcast before, uh, we recorded it and she said, Oh, I would, a hundred percent put on McDonald's fries. So she said the same exact thing that you did. Yep. Mark, what about you? What's your third? Well, staying with, uh, with Lee, I'm also going to go with McDonald's. Um, my favorite thing is a big Mac, but I only do that every once, once in a while. I usually go for the nuggets. Uh, my wife gets, I think a, a cheeseburger and then we always get a hamburger for the dog. Sure. Wait, a hamburger for the dog. <laughs> he, what gets, is, he gets his own hamburger. What is the hamburger? <laughs> what does the hamburger have on it? So he, it's just plain. Okay. You have to ask for it 100% plain. 100% plain. He just gets the patent. I'm going to cut you off here. Lee, what what do you have going on in the background right now? Because it <laughs> sounds like you're in a movie like Alien vs. Predator with some some noises back there. So are you okay? I just want to make sure we're good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just sitting in the dining room. Oh, um, well, yeah, the, there's the, not, the there's... viewers aren't going to enjoy all your background <laughs> static. So if you keep it down back there, we'll be a, we'll be a lot better off, right? Am I okay, <laughs> okay now? No, you're actually perfect now. Anyway. Okay. My third one, Primo's, all right, Turkey Diablo, lettuce, tomato, onions, mayo, and I'm taking off the the pepper cheese, and I'm putting Cooper Sharp on there. Cooper Sharp. I'm putting Cooper Sharp right. on the Turkey Diablo. Best sandwich. It it changes. Sometimes it rivals with fi- or, um, Jersey Mike's because I love that club sub, but if I, you know, if I'm pressed – I'm going um, Turkey Diablo from from Primo's every day of the week. Lee, final pick. Let's go. All right. So the final pick it was is obviously always the hardest. I had a number of different options, but I'm gonna have to go with Chick Fil A. And the reason why I went with Chick Fil A is I think they simply make the best chicken sandwich on the planet. Um, not not a big fan of the waffle fries. I actually think. They're the one of the most overrated fast food items is the Chick-fil-A waffle fries, but but their Chick-fil-A sandwich is just is perfect. I mean, it's a good pick. I disagree with you on the waffle fries because I, I really enjoy them, but I feel like you only get like six waffle fries. Yes. Yeah, the, the thing that That's bothers true. me the thing that bothers me with Chick-fil-A, I always order a large and I feel like my large order of fries has the same amount of fries as my daughter's smaller medium order so i kind of takes me off a little bit but changing gears a little bit we're talking breakfast this the uh, the chicken egg and cheese bagel is unrivaled it's the best breakfast sandwich best fast food breakfast sandwich that's out there right now uh mark what's your last pick well of course lee steals my thunder i'm also going with chick-fil-a um just the the chicken they have there is amazing the milkshakes are phenomenal uh, I had Chick-fil-A for dinner on Thursday night, and then I had it again for lunch on Friday. 
Um, just love Chick-fil-A. Everything they do is great. Everything's answered with my pleasure. Yes. So just love Chick-fil-A. Right. They are very polite there. They are. Um, so my last one is going to be double chicken burrito bowl from Chipotle. All right. We go a little bit of mild sauce with the tomatoes. We go a little bit of medium sauce, the green chili salsa. We go extra sour cream, extra cheese, mix it all up, eat it with a bag of chips. Nothing better in the Mexican industry than Chipotle. Do I hear any arguments? Love Chipotle. Love the tacos. Love the uh, the steak bowl, uh, the chips and guac. Everything about uh, Chipotle is good. It was in my honorable mentions. So, honorable so believe it, more. believe it or not, Andy, I never had Chipotle. Wait, <laughs> that price sounds Wait. crazy. But. It's 2020, <laughs> and Lee I'm, has never had Chipotle. Never had Chipotle. Uh, I'm actually I'm not a big, huge Mexican food fan. That's so I don't really seek it out. So yeah, never had Chipotle. Like taco, a Taco Bell's fine. That that could be a that's obviously sure. a contender in this Mount Rushmore. But not a big Mexican no, fan, huh? Lee? Nope, nope. Uh, we're moving on here, guys. Great discussion about a, you know Mount Rushmore uh, fast food joints. Tomorrow, as you all know, is March first. Not only is it the start of my new lifestyle change, and of course, after talking about all these fast foods, it's really getting me uh, motivated to to change my diet, but that's another story. Anyway, tomorrow's March 1st. That means spring is right around the corner, and springtime means the beginning of baseball season. That's right. Spring chaining is in full effect, and everyone is gearing up for opening day. Lee, I'm going to start with you, man. What is it about baseball that you love? Because I know you're a big baseball guy. What do you love about baseball? Why is the game special to you? And, you know, after you talk about that, tell us where you think baseball, or maybe you could do it first. Where does baseball rank in your list of favorite sports? Baseball is my favorite sport. And it's always been my favorite sport. Um, yeah, I started playing baseball and t-ball when I was five. I played all throughout high school. So I played, you know, t- 13 years of my life. And I played other sports. You know, I, I played basketball. I played soccer. But, um, you know, I, I just love um, you know, the, the competitive nature of baseball, the, the mono el mano, you know, batter against pitcher. Um, and you know, baseball just signals, like you said earlier, just signals the start of spring and the, and the start of great weather. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I just, baseball was always at the top of my list. Mark, how about you, man? What, what drives you about, you know, the game of baseball? Cause I know you're a big baseball guy as well. So what do you love about it? I, I just like it's uh, it's complexities and that it's, it's challenging. You know, it's, you don't necessarily have to have the, the best talent to, to succeed at it. You just have to be smart. You have to be skilled. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a thinking man's game. They do say the toughest thing in sports is to hit a baseball. Do you believe that to be true? Or? I would think it is. What do you think, Lee? Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Um, and it you know, shows, not, not for the Houston Astros, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they know what's coming. They know what's coming. They know what you pitches know. are coming. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we all Wait, have no tolerance for, Lee, for let's, let's talk about – yeah, sure. And let's talk about that, man. We'll dive into that. Um, you know, we talk, me and Mark talk, touched on it in our first episode, but, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the whole Astros situation and, and where do you stand on it? Were the punishments – do you think those punishments were severe enough? And, and what kind of repercussions do you think are going to come out of this? 
so I don't think the, I actually don't think the punishments were, were great enough. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you, if you compare, you know, cheating in baseball, you take something like what the Astros did and another serious offense, which is, is, uh, steroid or steroids or performance enhancing drugs. That's one player. Um, but with the Astros, you had a whole team that was, uh, committed to cheating to try to win the world series. And I, I just feel like the, the punishment should have been, uh, I don't, it's hard to tell what you really do because what are you going to suspend the entire team for two years? But, you know, I think each player, what I would have done if I was commissioner, each player would get suspended, um, for honestly, like half the season, not all at the same time, but over certain increments, whether it's this season between this season and next season. I mean, I, I just think it's one of the worst things that the game has seen, at least in the last 20, 30 years. Right. And we talked about it, like I said, on our first episode. It's got to be one of the greatest scandals to ever, you know, exist in professional sports. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely right, right at the top of the list. I mean, to cheat but so let, let, let's be honest though stealing signs has has happened since the beginning of baseball but to use technology to steal signs we weren't we weren't we're not talking about jose altuve on second base looking at signs that the catcher's given they had technology out in center field uh which is clearly against the rules so yeah i mean i would i would definitely put this uh right at the top of the list in in, in definitely in the history of baseball no, I agree. And like I said, me and Mark, we kind of, we hit on this in our first episode, so we're not going to dwell on it here, but, um, you know, we'll move on. I think it's kind of crazy though, because already in spring training, you see a lot of these uh, Astro players getting plunked and I'm just afraid that this is all going to boil over, man. What do you think? I, I feel like this could be a really hostile environment for all of the Astro players and everybody involved because we you know, and chime in here. When is, when is enough enough? You know, I know these guys are getting plunked because you're trying, you know, everybody wants to protect the integrity of the game, but dude, at some time we have to move on here and, and play baseball. What do you think? Well, hope, yeah, I agree. I mean, hopefully uh, these pitchers are just plunking them in spring training and that's it. I mean, hopefully it doesn't, doesn't leak into, into the regular season. Um, and I, and I, I don't think they're going to see it go into the regular season because, you know, teams are starting the season off and, and they don't want to, you don't want to put guys on base on purpose, right? You're trying to win baseball games. So, I, you know, I think it's going to continue through maybe half of, half of spring training. And I think it'll be, it'll be done. Sure. And Mark, what do you, what do you think? Do you think that this is like something that's going to linger on or you think it's something that's just happening in spring training or, or what? I think it's going to go through the entire season. You do? Absolutely. I, I think you're going to see at least once a series, someone's getting plunked. It's crazy. I mean, the, the, uh, it's not good for the sport. Man. Yeah. Whenever they go on the road, like I think the players need to kind of watch out and I think it, it's going to be an ugly scene every time the actors play somewhere away from, uh, from Houston. Um, it's just, it's not going to be a fun year for him. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess you got, you got guys like me who are like, all right, all, this stuff needs to stop. And then you got guys who are like, well, you did the crime. Now this is you paying the time. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think it needs to go ahead, Lee. I, I, you know, I think, um, I mean, Mark can definitely be right about this, but 
it, it would be the time for baseball to step up and ironically protect the Astros in the regular season, right? So, you know, if they, all they have to do is tell the umps, you know, if you feel that a pitcher threw at an Astros pitcher or an Astros hitter on purpose, um, you have to eject that guy right away and potentially suspend that pitcher for, you know, five to ten games. So the, it's, it's, it's the leadership of baseball and the umpires that have to do what it's, what's necessary to get it under control. Um, and I think you'll see that. If, if it does trickle into the regular season, I think you'll see MLB step up and do that. Yeah, but then you think the Astros get their own set of rules? The, the, they're going to have to because, like you said, I mean, you can't, you can't have pitchers throwing at the Astros all season without any, re, without any additional repercussion for doing that, right? I don't, so, so they, you know, they, they cheat and they steal signs and they, they do whatever. But then, you know, if, if, uh, if an umpire rules that they think that they might have um, thrown at a player, they automatically get ejected. It's like they get their own special rules for cheating. Yeah, I know. I understand. It's a slippery slope. But, I mean, a lot of times you can tell, an ump can tell if a pitcher throws it yeah. behind a guy with a 95 mile an hour fastball, he can tell if he's, he did it on purpose. I mean, I know it's a slippery slope, but if it can, like I said, if it continues into the regular season um, and it looks like there's no end in sight, MLB, ha they have to do something about it. No, I agree. And, you know, we're going to table this for now. And we're going to kind of move on into our next um, topic here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this whole Astro situation plays out throughout the course of the year, because I don't know if anything has happened to this severity um, like this in our lifetime, but uh, I right. could be wrong there, but we're going to, like I said, we're going to move on just for the sake of time. Uh, Lee, I know you're a big fantasy baseball player and we got, you know, a lot of our listeners are guys who are involved in fantasy sports and fantasy baseball and stuff like that. Um, you know, give a, give our listeners a couple top players that you think, you know, uh, can give their, their teams a boost and maybe possibly a couple uh, young sleepers if you, if you know of any. Sure. Well, yeah, to, to all the listeners, uh, Dave and Andy, we've all been competitors in fantasy baseball for geez. I'm just in, I, I'm going to preface. I'm just in the league. All right. I'm never really competitive because I'm not a big baseball guy. So I just like to donate my money every year and play with my boys, but continue. Yeah, so we've been playing for you know twenty over twenty years, which is unbelievable to me. But we still—it's amazing. We still love it. We still all do our research. Um, it's you know something that bonds bonds all of us together. Um, but yeah, I mean you know looking at fantasy, you know to me, to me the top player that you could have on your team. Um, now top meaning, you know one of the best players, but a player you know what you're going to get every year is is Mike Trout. I mean, if, if I had the first pick in the draft, I would, I would draft Trout. Um, you know, I think uh, next, you know, I'm looking at, at Christian Yelich. You know, I think he does everything just like Trout does. He'll steal 25, 30 bases. You know, he'll hit 35 home runs. But more importantly, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll hit 300, you know, 300 plus. Uh, another guy, uh, I'm partial to this guy, but uh, my man Bellinger out in L.A., uh, uh, he's come, come along. He hit 40 plus home runs last year. He's only 23 years old. So I don't see any end in sight for, for my man Bellinger. 
Do you have any couple uh, sleepers to add in there, Lee? Maybe some some young guys that everybody's not too familiar with yet. Yep. So so I I looked around and and saw, you know tried to figure out who um, who some of those young guys were. And one guy I, I particularly love is the now new starting second baseman of the Dodgers, uh, a rookie Gavin Lux. The kid is he's going to be a stud. He's st- again he's starting for the Dodgers. He's hit. Three, I think his career average in the minors is, is over 300. As a second baseman, he'll hit 20, 20 plus home runs and he'll, he'll steal around 20 bases and could easily do that this year, his rookie season. Um, How about another, one more? N- another, uh, you want a young guy or just a sleeper in general? Yeah, just a young guy. Uh, all right. So another young guy I like, um, he's on a terrible team, uh, the Pirates, uh, starting pitcher uh, Mitch Keller. So Keller is, again, he's, he did play last year, um, but I think he's 23, 24 years old. Uh, he, he pitched 48 innings last year. He had 65 Ks, so well over a strikeout wow, an inning. That's a really impressive. Um, his minor league stats, you look at them, he, he averaged over a strikeout an inning. Uh, it's a shame his team stinks, but he's a, guy to, he's a guy to look out for as well, Mitch Keller. Great insight, Lee. Mark, what about you, man? What are some – who do you think are some top players in, in fantasy, and do you have anybody that you uh, – you know, maybe uh, young guys or sleeper picks or anything like that? So I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of Mookie Betts. He's, he's my guy. Um, I think the trade to the Dodgers. That was another Stone Cold IPA. Stone Cold. <laughs> um, I just I, – I think he's a, he's a five-tool player. I think he does everything right. I, I'm curious to see how he does in the National League, um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of Mookie. Um, and then, obviously, you know all the all the other big ones. Uh, you know, Acuna Jr. on Atlanta is going to be pretty good. Uh, Lee already mentioned a whole bunch of other ones. I'm curious to see how Garrett Cole does on the Yankees. Typically, when the Yankees uh, sign these uh, super expensive free agents, they usually bust. Um, but he's just such a good talent. I'm, I'm curious to see where, where he goes. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Lee, we're going we're gonna to move on. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the game of fantasy baseball. What are some inf- important factors? And I know you love fantasy baseball. What are some important factors that, you know, you kind of keep track of when you're playing and what's important? Because it, it's definitely – you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So what are right. some big things that you look for when, when you're kind of putting your team together and trying to put together a championship team? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm, as you know, Andy, I'm, I'm a fantasy baseball nerd. You know, I, I research the heck out of everything, every stat. You know, the one thing I look at, you know, when I'm evaluating hitters, um, I believe the most important, the two most important stats to look for are, there, are the hitters on base percentage and their strikeout percentage. So I know, like, um, you know, most people, most fantasy leagues are split. Like, we're in a league where we subtract one strike. Each strikeout a a batter has, we subtract a point. There are leagues that don't do that. But if you're in a league that uses uh, minus one per strikeout, um, um, you want guys that strike out as few times as possible, obviously. So you look at their strikeout percentage. And you want, you want guys that get on base. It's as simple as that. I mean, a walk's as good as a, as a single in fantasy baseball. So guys that walk, guys that get a lot of hits, and especially strike out, 
um, as few times as possible. Um, that's what I look at on the hit on the, on the hitter side, on the pitcher side, it's the same thing, uh, strikeout rate. So you look at how many strikeouts, uh, the two most important stats for a pitcher are strikeout rates. So how many strikeouts that pitcher averages per nine innings, because you get tons of points for pitcher strikeouts and, and whip. Uh, walks and hits per innings pitch. The lower the whip, the lower the amount of walks and hits a pitcher gives up. Um, usually, that's a good indicator that the pitcher will score more points in fantasy baseball. Sure, and I think that's great insight. And I do think, you know, uh, ha- having a good pitcher is 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 more vital than having a good hitter. Would you agree? Or quickly? Um, so I'm I'm more partial to hitting in fantasy baseball. I mean, I certainly certainly your rotation can really lead you to a fantasy uh, championship. But as we all know, pitching much more volatile than hitting. So I try, especially in our league, which is a keeper fan, a fantasy keeper league. Uh, I try to hold on to really top young hitters um, because you usually know what you're going to get year to year with a hitter. But you know, if you have a, a stud rotation, um, you, you know, you can easily win fantasy baseball with your starting pitching. Sure. I I think that's great insight, man. But, uh, you know, we're up against it a little bit time wise. Let's let's kind of transition here into into real life. Um, You know what? You know, let's talk about predictions, Lee. I know you're a big predictions guy. We all kind of look forward to them, um, you know, in the group. You know, we're in a group chat together. We're obviously all best friends. Um, Talk a little bit about the, you know, a couple teams that got you that you think you know, from the American League to have a shot to win it all, and then a couple of teams from the National League that, you know, you think you have a shot to win it all, and then maybe a couple of sleeper teams in, in each league. Okay. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of off-season moves. I, I think this season's going to be a little bit different than last season. Um, you know, I, I think the Astros are going to take a hit just because of what's going on with the scandal, and, and they lost Garrett Cole. Um, and I think the, the benefit of all that is that this could be the, the year the Yankees get back to the World Series. I mean, I think, um, I, th- I think the Yankees are the clear favorite in the American League, um, you know, with Cole and with uh, Tanaka. You know, their rotation's a little bit top-heavy, but I think if, you know, it's always about uh, health. If Stanton can stay healthy, uh, if Judge can stay healthy, I, I, I think the Yankees are the favorite in the American League. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would agree with that. And then I think, yeah, and then the National League's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, you're going to have a new NL champ just because what the Nationals did last year, um, they just got hot at the right time. Uh, Scherzer's a, a year older, so I, he has to decline at some point. Um, so, real, I mean, the team that I'm looking at in the National League, um, you know, I, I think this. Uh, this could be the Dodgers year again. Um, so just on paper, uh, you know, odds wise, you know, I, I think it, uh, Yankees Dodgers world series is, is very possible. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Mark? What do you think? What are the, uh, who are the front runners coming out of the AL and the NL for you? So I agree with Lee. I think the Yankees are, are definitely a team to, you know, obviously lead the charge to the world series. I actually had them going last year. Um, I, I thought they had all, all the talent, but, um, you know, a couple injuries kept him kept him away. They made a lot of additions. Love the Yankees this year. 
we'll see if they can stay healthy, like like Lee said. Um, some some dark horses. I also like the Twins. They just always kind of find find their way in in, uh, in the conversation at, at some point. Same thing with uh, with Oakland. Um, I think this will be a year you see Boston declines a little bit with a lot of the controversy they're going through. I think Houston declines with what they're going through, obviously. Um, in the NL, obviously the Dodgers are going to be the sexy pick. I think Atlanta's got a lot of good things going on. The Mets, I think the NL East is going to be a super competitive division. Not being a homer, I think that we need to keep our eyes on the Phillies a little bit. I think they made a lot of good offseason additions with, with – Wheeler and Gregorius and you got to assume that Hoskins can't play any worse than he did last year so I'm gonna like you know to, to keep my eye on the Phillies and I you know I don't have a whole lot to add to the baseball conversation but I really you know I got high hopes for the Phillies no pun intended any of you guys from the Northeast who are listening know what I'm talking about with the with the pun but I mean I think the Phillies have got a shot this year and it'll be really exciting to see you know what they can do Lee, uh, yep. we're up against it, man. Uh, you know, I don't want to cut you off, but we, we got to keep moving forward here. Let's move into our second Mount Rushmore segment. And our second Mount Rushmore segment is going to be top major league baseball players that we, you know, we have watched, not of all time that we have watched. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that you guys, you follow us on Facebook, go give us a like at two number two at two board dads okay go follow us on uh all major podcasting platforms uh two, two board dads we're on spotify we're on anchor we're on po- or, uh, pocket or we're on breaker pocket cast soon to be on itunes and then make sure you follow us on twitter at unders or board underscore dads we're going to move forward here lee uh we're going to talk about our MLB Mount Rushmore. But again, before we do that, we always go to the fans first and we'll, we'll dive into, you know, what a couple of viewers uh, sent in for the, for their major league baseball Mount Rushmore. Uh, Jordan again, writes in from table to stage podcast in East Hampton, Connecticut. He says, and he went now Jordan went current players, which I don't think, I don't think we did. And, you know, I can't speak for Mark or Lee yet because I haven't heard it, but, I went for a lifetime player. So Jordan went for current players. He says Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, Francisco Lindor, and Jacob DeGrom. Lee, real quick, what do you have to say about that for? What was it? Trout, Acuna, DeGrom, and... And Lindor. Um, that's a good four. I mean, it's definitely a, a really good four, but I, I would disagree with a couple of those. For uh, just, I'm talking about... For top four for right now. Oh, right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I would I would substitute a couple in there. Uh, Mike Trout's the best player in the game, and it's not even close. So he, he, Mike Trout would be the George Washington of our Mount Rushmore right now. Um, I have to go – I would have to go Mookie Betts, Mark. Um, you know, would he I be think the Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> Bets, bets would be the Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Lee, um, here's a question: Can Mark name all four ooh. presidents on Mount Rushmore? No chance. No. All right. No chance. I know. I know. I can't. Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, FDR. I was right. He can't do it. 
It's the other Roosevelt. Teddy, yeah, the, the other Roosevelt. Roosevelt. The, all right, I'll give you half credit. You got three. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're moving uh, on. Yeah, but, we're, but yeah, I mean, to me, the best players in the game today are Trout, Betts, Yelich, and uh, I would, I'll throw a pitcher in there. I'll say Garrett Cole. If you, if you had to go with one pitcher, I would say Garrett Cole. We're moving on. Jeff, from the Tuesday Aftermath podcast in Nashport, Iowa, or I'm sorry, Ohio. I said Iowa last time. It's Ohio. Jeff from the Tuesday Aftermath podcast in Nashport, Ohio, writes in, Ken Griffey Jr., Ryan Sandberg, Barry Larkin, and Nolan Ryan. Jeff, always got some interesting picks in there. Thank you for being a fan of the show. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Tuesday Aftermath podcast. Good group of guys. Good fans of the show. Really appreciate them writing in every week. Um, Lee, what do you think about those picks? We got Ken Griffey, Ryan Sandberg, Barry Larkin, and Nolan Ryan. Uh, I like one of them. That's it. I like uh, Junior. I mean, you got to go Griffey. I mean, Griffey was the most exciting player that I've ever seen. Um you know, his others, I mean, Sandberg, it was at Sandberg, Ryan, and who was the other? Barry Larkin. Larkin. Um, Larkin wasn't the best shortstop I've ever seen, so he wouldn't be on the Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah, I, I would say Griffey. Griffey would be on there, but not the others. Lee, you're not making us any friends on this podcast. They're maybe. all Hall of <laughs> Famers. They're all Hall of they Famers. They are all Hall of Famers. Yeah. So that's they're they're all Hall of Famers, but, uh, you know, if – all right, here we go. Moving on, Lee. And when I say we're up against it, we're really up against it. So we're going to keep moving here. Mike from Gatlinburg writes in his four. And I don't know if Mike, uh, you know, took the time to read the rules here, but it's your top four in your lifetime. Mike writes in, and Lee, don't say nothing bad because it's my fault, <laughs> and I'll beat your ass, all right? Mike writes in, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson and Mike Schmidt with Nolan Ryan as an honorable mention. Lee, let's hear your thoughts on those four. They're all legends, right? They it's are hard to all argue. legends. It's hard to argue against. Uh, I think those are, you know, legitimately, okay, possible MLB all-time Mount Rushmore's, and I think that's what my dad was going for there. Yep, yep. Yeah, sure. All right, you're up first, man. We go one by one. Lee, who's your number one Mount Rushmore pick right now? I would go, uh, this might be controversial. I'm going to put steroids aside. The best player of our lifetime, talent-wise, was Barry Bonds. And that's that's before steroids. He was, even before steroids, he was uh, an easy Hall of Famer. So I I would say Barry Bonds. Mark, number one Mount Rushmore for you, buddy. Yep. Best player I've ever seen with my own two eyes, Ken Griffey Jr. Did it at the plate, did it in the field, gold gloves, you know, home run titles, um, sweetest swing that, that's ever, ever graced baseball. Just love watching, you know, Griffey. I think it's a great pick, and, you know, he's on my list too. But my number one is Derek Jeter. Um, and I'm not, you know, admittedly, Dude, I'm not a huge baseball guy. Don't know stats. I, you know, I don't know the best players, but Derek Jeter did it the best from from my perspective. And you know, just like I said, I'm talking about four guys 
that I grew up with that I'm like, okay, these guys are on Mount Rushmore and he's my number one. So, um, Lee, let's jump into your number two. Who's your number two pick? I am going to go with my buddy Sheber on this one and go Ken Griffey Jr. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, Griffey's the most exciting player that I've ever seen. He was the best defensive center fielder I've ever seen. He finished his career with 600 plus home runs, but he also missed, you know, three or four seasons. So he would have easily had 750 home runs. Um, so yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. And then kind of taking the, uh, the stab back at you, I'm going to go with Barry Bonds as well. Um, like you said, steroids aside, I mean, what the guy did was just simply incredible. I mean, cheating has been going on in baseball forever, but nobody else but him has hit 73 home runs. I think, you know, between the two of you, you got the same, uh, first two, my number two is Ken Griffey Jr. I think like Mark said, man, this guy had the sweetest swing. He was just the coolest guy. Everybody wanted to be him. Um, you know, there is not much comparable to Ken Griffey. Lee, let's move on here. Number three, who's your third pick? All right. So th- this, this might be a little bit of a wild card, but th- this guy is the best pitcher I've ever seen. Uh, when you needed him to come up big, uh, he was just the most dominant pitcher in the steroid era. Um, unfortunately, his career was cut a little short, um, but my number three is Pedro Martinez. Me and Mark are over here cringing oh. right now because um, he was on Mark's list. Lee, I got to tell you, me and you, fast food establishments, baseball players, hey. we're like we're we're gonna, on the same page. We're going to have to rename this uh, three board dads. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. Uh, you didn't get, you didn't get 2000 listens overnight. Did you Lee? We'll see how many episodes or we'll see how many listens you get on your episode. Anyway. Uh, so Mark, that was your number three, Pedro. Yeah. Pedro was just the best pitcher I've ever seen in his prime. He was just so dominant. You go back to the 99 all-star game. He struck out five of the six first hitters, McGuire, Sosa, Bagwell, um, Larry Walker, all Hall of Famers, except for the guys that cheated. Um, <laughs> he was just – he was so dominant. Yeah, that's great. And my number three here, not that anybody gives a crap, but uh, Mariano Rivera, okay, I think growing one. up – Yeah, no, I think growing up watching him uh, come in and just close out games, I know he was a dominant force. And, and when he came into the game, man, you knew it was almost lights out. Uh, he was just a special player to watch. So, Lee, how about your last pick? That's a great one, Andy. I mean, he could, you, he's, you can't argue that there's a better closer of all time than Mariana Rivera. I mean, he's clearly the best, best closer, but so this, this was the, the hardest one for me. It was the fourth one, obviously, but this guy is going to end up being the best all around player I've ever seen. He can do everything. It's 300. He steals 30, 40 bases and he plays an unbelievable center, probably the second best center fielder uh, that I've seen, um, behind Griffey and that's New Jersey's own Mike Trout. I mean, when, when all is said and done, Trout's going to have five, 600 home runs. He's going to just, his numbers are just mind boggling to me. And he's only 28 years old or 29 years old. So Mike Trout would, would, would make my four. It was tough, but, but he's my fourth. Yeah, so so for me, we finally disagree because I don't think Mike Trout's been doing it long enough to put him in the conversation. I, okay. um, I'm going to go Albert Pujols. 
I think the the 10, 11-year stretch he had in St. Louis was pretty much untouchable. Um, you, you look at the guy, I think he's sixth on the home run list. Um, if he plays another maybe like two years, he has a shot at getting to 700 home runs. He's um, he's like 15th on the all-time hits list. I think just that, that 10, 11-year run he had was probably the best that we may have ever seen. Plus, he has two World Series championships. Lee, what do you think about Albert Pujols? So, I like it a lot. I mean, I think Pujols could could be the greatest right-handed hitter of all time, not just in our lifetime. Um, I just think when all is said and done, um, a guy like Trout can do more things than Pujols. Pujols is the better natural hitter than a guy like Trout. But, um, you know, Pujols doesn't really steal bases. He's an okay first baseman defensively, but it's a great, I mean, it's a great pick. You can't argue that, that much against Pujols. Sure. And I think, you know, just moving on here, I, my fourth pick is strictly a nostalgia pick. Um, you know, just like I said, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but somebody I grew up, and I'm a huge Phillies fan, somebody I grew up idolizing and, and gave me some of my best memories as a, as a kid was Jim Tomey, man. Every time Jim Tomey came up to the plate, he had an opportunity to do something special, and and he was fun to watch. And I just remember that game uh, with the Red Sox, I think, back in 2003 when we're at Veterans Stadium. And uh, him, you know, hitting the – I think hitting and tying uh, home run, sending in extra innings, and then then Todd Pratt comes up and and hits the game-winning home run and the walk-off home run in the 13th inning. Um, one of my best memories of my childhood being with my buddies. And, you know, I think, uh, just like I said, Jim Tomey was a big part of my childhood and, and that's why I put him on my, uh, my Mount Rushmore is number four. So we're moving on that Mount that wraps up our Mount Rushmore segment for this week. Uh, remember to get your picks in now for the next episode of two board dads. We will be doing Mount Rushmore favorite movies and Mount Rushmore of NFL quarterbacks, all right? These are going to lead to some some heated debates here. Kind of wraps up our our episode here. Lee, uh, you know, I appreciate you being on. How how was your experience in Two Board Dads? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, like I told you earlier, I can talk baseball um, and sports all day long. Um, So, yeah, it was a great experience. I appreciate you guys having me. No, like I said, as as we get, you know, as we move on here into baseball season, I'm sure we're going to do a bunch, you know, a bunch more episodes with, you know, more baseball content. So I'm sure it's not the last time you're going to hear from Lee from a, a really big mansion in Westchester. <laughs> Writes into our show Please. all the time. Uh, as always, you know, uh, Mark, are you still drinking that Broken Skull IPA? Yeah. What yeah. number is that for you? This is number three. Okay, so Mark's had three broken skulls. I think I've had five broken skulls. Uh, this has been a really fun episode to record. I hope it comes across as that. I hope, you know, like I said, Lee, I hope you had a fun time. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, that r- about wraps up our episode here of Two Board Dads. But as always, we have to leave you with a fun fact of the episode. Are you ready for the fun fact, Lee? Are you ready for the fun fact, Mark? I'm yep. ready. Can't wait to hear it. What is it? You guys are you guys are going to be in for this one. Did you know that a chef's hat has exactly 100 pleats? Really? 
since this wow. episode was a lot about food and fast food joints and, and food that we enjoyed, we're talking about a chef's hat. Lee, did you get your personal chef a 100 pleat hat? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. He's actually so, making me my dinner as we speak. <laughs> um, What's he making for you? Uh, you know, little flame mignon. Um, <laughs> you know, we're gonna start it off with some some nice shrimp. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, he's he's hard at work as we speak. But yeah, that's a an chef. amazing. Yeah, no, it's an, amazing. An, it's an amazing fact. A chef's hat has exactly one hundred pleats. Yes, a chef's wow. hat traditionally is made of one hundred pleats, meant to represent. The 100 different ways to cook an egg. That's wow. pretty phenomenal. There's 100 ways to cook an egg. Hell yeah, there's 100 ways to cook an egg. <laughs> Scramble, fried, poach. That's three right there. What more can you think of? Sunny side up. Well, that would be fried. Lee, you have, <laughs> I, can only, I can only think of three ways to cook an egg. But guys, um, Lee. Over easy. <laughs> Hard still, boiled. Hard boiled. There you wife, go. Hard uh, boiled. Now we're four. Yeah, I tried to make my wife over the eggs one time, and it was a effing disaster. Yeah, absolute disaster. <laughs> it takes a special person to be able to make an over easy egg. But guess what, guys? Uh, that's a pretty extravagant fact. <laughs> Did you get it? Extravagant. It's <laughs> a pretty extravagant <laughs> fact. Hey, that'll do it for another episode of Two Bored Dads. You can tell we're bored. You can tell we're a little buzzed. Stone Cold IPAs. Lee from a really big mansion in Westchester. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Make sure you subscribe to us on all major podcasting outlets. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Two Board Dads.